How's it going, everybody? This is our podcast shout out for this episode, and we are shouting out the Mike, Mike, and Oscar podcast. They talk about movies, of course, and they usually mainly give like Oscar uh, predictions and everything. You know, they, they'll give reviews of movies and theaters and whatnot, and they'll talk about specific topics and everything. But they're a very entertaining show. I really, really like them. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you can get your podcasts. And with that, on with the show. I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Mary Maddox. I'm Ashley Chancellor. I'm Dakota Chancellor. This is Collateral Cinema. Welcome to Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters, where we focus on good movies, bad movies, and everything else in between in the world of cinema. We are podcasting straight from San Antonio, Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast, so whatever you have, be it blunts, bongs, joints, etc., smoke it if you've got it. Damn straight. We have a very special episode today. We have the Maddox brothers and the Chancellor brothers. Two for two, baby. Two for two. two. Straight up, man. Straight up. How are you doing, Aaron? I'm not too bad, guys. Thank you for having me on the show. Oh, of course. Anytime, man. Like, seriously. We've been meaning to get you on the show for like ages now. Yeah, so. I mean, like I, I don't, I don't watch movies at all, so I'm, <laughs> I'm no kind of authority uh, whatsoever. Uh, technically, we're not either. We're just a bunch of jackasses with j- mics. <laughs> jackasses with mics talking about movies. That's pretty much how it goes with these types of shows, right? Yeah, we just kind of jerk each other off. Oh well, fuck. <laughs> no, that's what I was walking into. But yeah, yeah, it's a total circle. It's jerk. No such thing as a bad surprise. It's part of yeah, the benefits. benefits. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, folks, uh, we're happy to be here, here in Section 9 Studios, and uh, we've got a uh, a favorite of ours, a classic, um, another, I, I would say, you know, quotable film, and and that is, of course, Luc Besson's The Fifth Element. Do you mean Die Hard in Space? <laughs> Essentially. Essentially. Pretty much. Also, kind of, kind of its own thing too. As far as Bruce Willis's part goes, yeah. As far as the rest of the movie goes, I mean, it, it's definitely a fun adventure. Um, a little more goofier, you know, a little goofier than Die Hard for sure. Oh yeah, it's outlandish. I mean, it's it predicts whatever future that they can think of. You know, I really, really love the actual set design the set pieces i like the actual cgi elements here it it all adds up to a really really awesome looking movie that even to this day it still holds up yeah for a 1997 movie i mean it really doesn't miss a beat it's aged pretty well i mean it it has all the key elements that you would want to see in like a futuristic setting you know the flying cars the diminishing space so the small apartments uh-huh. You know what I mean? Just the the clutter and the the kind of the people going through the motions and doing the everyday of yeah. of that being a, a normal thing for them. Yeah, it, it, it almost feels like a more colorful Blade Runner kind of. Well, right. right, it's like this the futuristic social chaos that goes along in in, in the future. You know that I get what you're saying there. The, the, that's a really important depiction. Do- 
Doctor Who does that too, you know, in, in the way they depict the future. A lot of TV in shows. New New York. Right. There you go. Yeah, New New York. Yeah. That's right. This film also takes place in New York. It in does. 2263, or at least that's where Corbin, you know, the, the lead protagonist is from. So that was an interesting setting. But uh, for what you were saying, that was actually filmed in Canada, right? So actually, most of the filming took place in London and portions of it were uh, filmed in North Africa. In, uh, That's right. I'm sorry. Montrania. I want to want to say like Mar- got, Mauritania or Mar-tania, something like that. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. It's M A U R I T A N I A. Mauritania. Yeah, that that sounds about right. Yeah, and uh, of course that's that's where the movie began its filming because it was kind of on a desert setting. It's right. also where it eventually got concluded. Yeah, but everything beyond that was uh was based in London. That is that is badass. I would have never guessed North Africa. That's that's no. the one that's surprising. But yeah, of course, like like any movie, you know, obviously falls back to New York. Of course. Um, but <laughs> every time, I mean, honestly, especially with sci-fi movies, it seems. Well, especially with Bruce Willis. With Bruce Willis, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bruce especially. Willis, of course. You know, because Bruce Willis is, uh, he's kind of in like a New York purgatory. You know, it's, it's, uh, his characters seem to be based in just sure urban do, don't city. They? Yeah, you, you'll never see Bruce Willis in well, a good Western. Right, no. I, I, shit. <laughs> I want to say that he was... He had a character in Los Angeles in The Last Boy Scout, I believe. Maybe he wasn't in New York in that one. Okay, but great. I, Another big city. Yeah, well, that's yeah. also, that's <laughs> you know also I mean? the last I want to hear of that movie. So <laughs> I already oh. lost interest. <laughs> Dude, the Last Boy Scout is great. What are you talking about? <laughs> Fucking A. That's pretty funny. So... What about, you know, Luc Besson as a director? What else is he known for? He's done a movie recently with Scarlett Johansson called Lucy, which Ooh, is kind of yeah. kind of seen as a return to form. It's not that recent, is it? It was maybe about three or four years ago. Really? Maybe you're right. I, I've seen the, the trailer for it in a few yeah. But he also did Leon the Professional, which was a very important movie for him. It brought us Natalie Portman. And it was okay. also where he first worked with Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman definitely steals the show here. Oh, he does. Oh, absolutely. He's amazing. He seems to be like the only person in uh, 2263 that still maintains a Southern accent. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. In, in New York, he's the one Southern guy in the future. In the future. Yep. Which is interesting given his French name. Um, this actually is a, a French film, right? Yep. It is. Oh, all the way through and through. I mean, especially with some of the characterizations of the side characters. I mean, like that one twitchy robber that you see when you first meet Corbin Dallas. You know, it's like that's very much a French type of characterization there. What about the language spoken in the beginning? What is that kind of like sound kind of Frenchish? Are you, are you talking about uh, Lilu's? Yeah. That, that's actually a language that Mila Jovovich and Luc Bazan got together to create specifically for the. Really? So yeah. they cling on that shit or, or Tolkien did. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and in world building, ling, you know, linguistics is one of the, the most fascinating things that you can work on oh, yeah. and, and develop because, you know, you can you can create names for worlds and cities and yeah. all this and that. But to literally create your own language within a movie. 
Yeah, and you have I mean, to have thought process behind it. Yeah, I, I, there's so much put behind that. I mean, absolutely. When you create this world, you got to have the lore. You got to have the linguistics. It's really interesting. I've never really thought about the linguistics before. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting thing. I mean, you know, for us, uh, it's, it's with our languages as human beings. You know, it's a natural progression. Right. You know, the way the way old English used to be compared to what it is now. Yeah. To the fact that you know, crunk is in the dictionary. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's. <laughs> It's it all it all it's a, it's a natural progression, but to be able to uh, to develop your own language, like Cleon, you know, like yeah. you said, it's like you can you can coherent make it, language that you can right. actually talk if you, you want. You can to. actually use it. Yeah, yeah have that, a conversation. There there is like an official like Klingon translation. You know, oddly enough, though, guys, in twenty two sixty three, they still speak our current form of English. Well, the 1997 that we used to speak, which is kind of came full circle and we're kind of talking like idiots again. You're talking like idiots yeah. again. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely interesting. Just well, you're right. Eating ourselves. Yeah, but you're right. Like even there, you can see the difference, you know, in, in, in the way we talk in just 97 versus now. Yeah. And then and to see that nothing has changed in, what is it, 2237 or whatever. That's deep. Seriously. No, but definitely, yeah. Like, like you guys mentioned, the lore um, to this is is really interesting, especially since it was written by um, originally started when Luke Besson was sixteen. So you can definitely tell. Here's the way I kind of see it: he had started developing this lore when he was sixteen. So he's had all you know. He directed this film when he was thirty eight, right? Right. Yeah. So he's had all this time to build up this universe in his head, and I think that definitely shows through because the movie is packed with lore and yet you know there are i think the film had to cut certain things out for for runtime and and i think you can tell in some cases where there was de- there would definitely be a lot more lore right yeah, no, it, i agree especially when it comes to character motivations like 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 for instance john baptiste to zorg like what is he getting from dealing with the ultimate evil planet yeah, what? you kind of do wonder about that because the movie never explicitly tells you, or really implicitly, it, it never really tells you what Zorg's motivations. What does he get out of it? The the arrangement here, but based on his characterization, I mean, definitely money is involved. Oh, definitely, Power. he's a consummate capitalist. I mean, he's even a, a war profiteer, I believe. See, and I, and I love the idea that it all began when he was sixteen because what originally struck this idea? Yeah, you know what I, I mean. Like, was he pissed know. off at like his first job, like his first <laughs> boss was Zorg? You know what I mean? And he was just like, "Fuck that," because you know he wanted a, a perfect employee and it, and all this and that. But if, if that's the case, why was he Southern? I mean, <laughs> hey, maybe his his that 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 was a real life. You know what? If I met a illusion. Southern guy in France. I would ask myself the same thing. Yeah. You know no, what I mean? No like, and he would be the boss at KFC or McDonald's because you notice the product placement yep. throughout yep. the movie. Oh, is yeah. Definitely pro- I mean, it's not even prominent. It's huge. It's I'm, huge. I'm trying to remember if there was any type of promotion that McDonald's did with the fifth element. I don't think so. Like, I, I don't know if there was maybe I don't any, remember any of that. Any, ha- any Happy Meals toys or anything like that? You know. You've got to you've got to really add this all together, right? Because you've got Gary Oldman, who is an English actor, playing a Southern character in a French film that was filmed um, in London. Filmed in London, <laughs> but takes place in America, I think. Well, I don't know. It definitely discloses where Zorg is, I guess. Well, I mean, it's not like you have nations like we do now in this particular timeline because remember there is just the one president that we see and he's the president of earth you know 
So, I mean, I think they've already done away with... So, uh, that, that's actually... That's Obama's final form. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that, that's, that, was, that was Barack Obama's final form. That's what he evolves into. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. President of Earth. Yeah. Well, I, I think our current president probably thinks he's president of Earth, but we won't get into that. Yeah. <laughs> Best not to. For, for, for a different podcast. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> for collateral politics. There oh, go. God. Wait there for us. Go. Oh no! Um, yeah, one one thing that I, I I saw here, I see here, you put in, in the itinerary here, Bo, um, and I didn't know this, but apparently Luke Besson's relationship with Mila Jojovich, Jovovich, Jovovich, Mila Jovovich, Mia Jovovich, apparently broke up his marriage to My Win. Well, I'm trying to remember if he was married to My Win or if he was just dating her but i at, looked it up he was married to both at one point yeah yeah and i, I think that uh, his marriage to jovovich came as a result of breaking up his relationship with may Wen. yeah he he divorced may Wen in 1997 and he married jovovich the same year are they still <laughs> it was just the year oh, wow. it came out that, are they together that to quick this day? No, 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 they're I not. not. Uh, Mila jovovich is married to paul ws anderson who is the He's the guy that made the Resident Evil movies and uh, Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Event so she Horizon. has, a, has a, a tendency to stay with her directors. It looks like it. Her, yeah, yeah. Well, I am. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to become a director now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> for sure. I mean, Mia Jovovich is responsible for me at nine years old. Yeah. obtaining a boner. There you go. In the same room as my parents. Perfect. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I mean, we're basically locked in together. Perfect. You know okay. what I mean? It's, it's one of the first times I I saw a a female naked. In the same room as my parents. Perfect. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So that's it's important. That's a pretty you know, that's a bond. Stuff. We have a bond. a bond. You have a bond now. That's good. Like, I, I, I'd like to think that there's a lot of people who are like that. There was just like, yeah, that was that in Swordfish. That was like my first time seeing some on screen <laughs> nudity. Oh, that was I what? Mean, uh, Halle Berry? Halle Berry. Right, you got yeah. to see her topless. And then that's like the one movie that she did that she got topless and they had to pay her out the oh, ass. Out the to do ass it. to do that yeah, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Pay, yeah, to pay me too. Shit. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing, Martha? Yeah, we got a studio kitty up in here. So if you hear studio any background, cat. if you hear any background noise, that's Martha. It's the cat. <laughs> but yeah, the lore in the universe that Basson sets up that you know is established in this movie, you know, and especially uh, the mythology surrounding Lilu herself. Oh yeah, I mean it, it's actually a pretty well written mythology, you know. Like it's based on uh, elements, of the course, four elements on the four elements, and then she's just a fifth element, but she's she's something that's a little more transcendental than just a physical element. Like she's more like a divine light. Well, I, I feel like it's it's the direct result of all these elements clashing together to yeah. create something that is perfect. Exactly. You know what I mean? And, exactly. And one thing that I love about Lilu as a character is that uh, as the perfect like being. She's totally a mess and imperfect in the beginning, mm -hmm. which is right. it could totally be a play on on mankind. Oh, you very much I mean? so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, she's kind of an original human in a way. She's a homunculus. Yeah, in a way, she is. I mean, she has so much genetic material in her DNA. That, they say she was genetically engineered. Yeah, yeah. It's like she was specifically engineered to be what she was. So, so she's little, for, for us, she's like corn syrup. There you go. Exactly. Every 5,000 years. Remove the shield. 
When the three planets are in eclipse, the black hole like a door is open. Evil comes, spreading terror and chaos. There's nothing that can stop this. There is only one thing. Perfect. The Wonder G1 have in their possession the only weapon to defeat evil. Four elements gathered around the fifth. Selected for a mission of the utmost importance. Oh, what mission? Save the world. <laughs> is, uh, is that thing solid? Unbreakable. Good. Order the stone. I don't know. And even if I did know, I wouldn't tell somebody like you. Nowhere else to go. I like the scene where they like 3D print her. That was awesome. Like, and this was in 97 prior to the 3D printing technology, right? So, I mean, that, that was pretty cool. It, yeah, I really like the scene when they when they put the muscle tissue uh-huh. on her to where like it just kind of like dragged and let it fall where it was supposed that was to cool. fall. Yeah, it, it, it like yeah. Yeah. amazing the scene. In place. That Absolutely. Was cool. Again, there's a lot of lore uh, into this movie. Um, definitely a lot of thought put into it. Like, for instance, the uh, Mondashawans. The uh, uh-huh. actual guardian alien race that all get blown up on a ship. Yeah, that was really really cool. I liked that. You liked it. You liked watching them get blown up, Bo. Wow. Yeah, you imbecile. I did. You call yourself this this person that respects the sanctity of life. Wrong, wrong, wrong kid died. Wrong, yeah. wrong kid died. <laughs> what a story, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, we are we're devolving into nonsense now. I mean, you know what's crazy Wait. is that I, I really liked that that beginning part of the movie because that's what really trapped me in and it it's it was like these ancient aliens. Yeah, it's a yeah. great you know I mean? it's that's, a great sequence. It really is. Aliens. But I mean, <laughs> you, you have the backdrop of Egypt, of course, which you know there is a lot it, uh, of no, that was Africa. It was Af- <laughs> no. It, they were supposed to be in Egypt. Uh, Egypt, Egypt is in is Africa. In Africa. So. 
right? I mean, that no, may have been the, the joke fun? you were making, right? Bro, it's like 2020, dude. Come on. Come on. I, 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 Africa is now identifying as Egypt. So it's, <laughs> come on now. Yeah, I really like the backdrop of Egypt. I like the actual design of the uh, aliens themselves. I mean, they're these big, lumbering, almost. Uh, they they should be practically immobile, actually. You wonder how they, you know, fared as a civilization at all, because that one just walks so slow, he just dies. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, it was kind of like in Austin Powers when the guy is standing in front of the steamroller, just screaming <laughs> like, no! no! Yeah, yeah and just, just <laughs> waiting for an impending to, like... I mean, it was like fucking trying to get a fat person at Walmart to get to the checkout. Faster, <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? It's just like, come on. Like, you don't understand. Like, <laughs> get to it. And then he's just wobbling. Oh, he, he knew that his days were numbered. So he was just. But it's like he said, you know, there is no time. There's only life. Well, time the, is unimportant. You know, time is, is unimportant. Life is important. And then allows yeah. himself to die. Yeah. Right. Right. How important right. His, is life? His, his yeah. Time, right. His like, time was done. Yeah, he, he knew it. So that's why he went ahead and just passed on the key to the priest. And that entire line of succession was started right there. 300 years later. Until Bilbo Baggins <laughs> comes back. Bilbo Baggins. That's right. Yes. Bilbo yeah. fucking Baggins. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that intro segment in 1914. It really kind of sets up the whole mythos. And, you know, starting starting again 300 years later, you know, with Corbin waking up in New York, it, it really is... Um, it's a it's a brilliant pacing, I think. Yeah, it's a, it's a well paced movie, especially for almost over two hours, right? Like it's, I got it like a two hour runtime, something like that. And it's it's seamless, and a lot of it is the screenplay itself. I mean, it really like like we said, it establishes its lore, and it it also establishes the characters as well, and then it just moves the story forward and it moves it forward, and it it never feels like it's going too fast. You know? Not at all. Not at all. And, and, you know, like we said before, rich, rich in lore and detail. You know, so some things that were interesting about that to me, too, is kind of the this this dark planet that's like an absolute evil. Yeah. I mean, we don't really know where it came from, what spawned it or whatever. It's just described as just straight evil. It, it's it's an, almost like an abstraction made physical in a way. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lo- whole lot of, of, of motivation. Again, there's not a lot of motivation put here or, or really even like an origin story and yet this movie doesn't feel devoid of anything right if like, anything is jam-packed it's, it's it's like just like an in an, an impending doom yeah you know what i mean like like something that has to be stopped right but it doesn't feel like he just put it in there to create tension for the characters to yeah. create motivation yeah mean, everybody wants to live and survive of course so it's easy if you but there's a lot of lore behind it that that is kind of hanging in the backdrop that, well there's also the fact that this this being this entity it is sentient i mean and also i mean it, it, it already established a contact with earth and everything and i, I know what you're saying and i i don't know and well, I'm gonna, and I'm it's gonna also the, the the fact of the matter is that you know these uh what were what they called i, I forget uh, the, the what the aliens yeah i'm not going to pronounce the mandashawans mandashawans yeah so they knew that it would be there yeah and and doesn't he say that like when it returns? Yeah, like it was like beginning? almost like yeah. Well, they said like it happens like every five thousand years or something. So it, it, but it's not quite like a meteor, but it's just like this enemy of the galaxy. Yeah, and yeah. and the fifth element and the four elements are are there. The five elements, you know, right. are there to you know create this ultimate weapon to to, to, to defend it. against it. So. Right. 
which begs the question, is Lilu immortal? Does she just... I think she was pretty much made mortal when she was 3D printed. Well, and like, she was not inherent. I mean, she came from the hand of this, like, perfect genetic code. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, she was created. I mean, why she manifested as an incredibly hot fucking uh, woman, you no know what idea. I mean? Like, n- no idea. <laughs> hey, no the ancients idea. had good taste. They had good taste, right? They did, yeah. That's another interesting thing. It's just mentioned in passing, but they mentioned the ancients, which is who presumably genetically engineered her. Right. And then, of course, they use that you know genetic code to, to re-create uh, her, 3D print her in, in the present. But yeah, no, definitely a really interesting science fiction setting. So this is a little bit of a, a, a you know a, a trail off on what we're talking about. But you know how she's like woken up in the tank when after she was three D printed. Uh-huh. Can we yeah. talk about how that general like straight up wanted pictures for the spank bank? Yeah, yeah. Was, you know what I mean, that like he like immediately that was really weird. But I do remember like when <laughs> when, when that happened and the 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 flash happens and it woke her up. That was actually incredibly good acting. That was great by acting. Mia Jovovich. It, I mean, it, the, it was really visceral. Yeah, really. yeah. The 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 moment that she like snapped into consciousness and she freaks out into that and in, in that glass and she's like freaking out. I love how her first like inclination is to like and she gets the guy and she lures him over and then she yeah. punches through the motherfucking absolutely glass. Yeah. unbreakable like, glass like unbreakable she, glass. She, she knew to like behave vulnerable. Yeah, like she 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 exposes vulnerability to make her seem like she was a victim. Like that to get manipulation from step one. Like he he shows her a card, and yeah. she knows I need that. I need yeah. that to yep. get the fuck yeah. out of here. It it, it kind of makes you wonder if she had any type of actual experience outside of that sarcophagus before she was installed in right. Egypt and everything. Right. You right. know. Well, and it also begs the question that that like she. Like her, her instincts told her to draw the man in. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. To use what she is and 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 how she looks to draw him in and play at his emotions just to fucking get at him to get the fuck out. Yeah, that's all she wanted. Yeah, that's true. That I mean, she's she's definitely engineered to be this like perfect being that immediately thinks and and responds to things right. learns really quickly. Right, yeah. thinks, reacts, understands, and I mean. That's I I really like what he did there too because when she falls into a flying car, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, a taxi that's just driving, she immediately felt relieved. Yeah, to be in the presence yeah. of Bruce Willis or Corbin. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's that was that was a really subtle and interesting way to introduce her characteristics and and her uh, aptitude. And yeah. being able to understand situations yeah. and stuff like that. Not to mention that it does away with the conventional meat cute trope a little bit there. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Well, what did you guys think about the the effects in this? Oh, they're fantastic. They they hold up so well. Even the CGI. I mean, it still looks like it's from its time. Oh yeah. But I mean, it still looks way better than a lot of the CGI you see today. Yeah, you know? and, and the practical effects too. Oh, yeah. absolutely! Oh, the practical effects are amazing. Like that one weapon that Zorg is giving the uh, the other alien race. I mean, that's a really intricate piece of equipment right there, and that's an interesting prop design. I mean, yeah. it's, it's supposed to be like multiple weapons in one. That was that was crazy. That was some insane shit, and it self destructs. Yeah, yeah, of course and, it does. And it's amazing that they made a fully working model of that for the movie, and they actually. Yeah, no, that was pretty. That was pretty fucking. Bad. It's like I kind of want to fucking shoot at yeah, it. Yeah, I want one. <clears throat> absolutely. Yeah, it was fucking dope. 
Um, yeah, I, I was really impressed with with both the practical and the special effects in this movie. I think it really still holds up, you know, like we said before, even now. And that's what three years, twenty three years later, dude. Something like that. Like especially the creature effects. You know, which were really, really awesome. Like, like I said earlier, the Amanda Shell ones. You know, I mean, that's an interesting design. Now, was yeah. there any like animatronics at play? Oh yeah, of course. Like especially with the uh, Amanda Shell ones, there was I'm that sure. one. There was that one little elephant-looking thing that yeah. Zorg yeah. was keeping, yeah. which was in the the plethora of entirely random shit. Random yeah. shit that yeah. was in Zorg's desk. <laughs> like <laughs> in the future, in shit. the future when we have flying cars and shit like that, like why do you even need one of those like card holders that spins? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it just spin. It just what purpose does that cause you at the in right. the future? Right, it, right. He's got like, like five literally. robots to clean up his glass. Like what? What the fuck do you need? Yeah. And, was, and wasn't there like a, a life preserver or something that popped out of his shit? But like yeah, a, a life preserver out of the desk? Nothing to, to pat his back so that he would spit out the cherry. Nope. Not at all. I mean, honestly, he would have died if Cornelius hadn't uh, intervened. Cornelius should have let him die. Yeah. No, Bilbo really saved the day. Yeah, he did. He came through for old boy. He came through. <laughs> but he had to be a proper prick about it first. Oh, you yeah, I mean? yeah. He, he, had, had, he had to flex a little bit. <laughs> he had to lord it over Zord yeah. a little bit. Discount Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> kind of, sort of. I mean, he, he's, he's almost kind of like Obi-Wan Kenobi, but without the charisma and maybe without, like, actual skills, <laughs> you know? Like, like, any discernible skills whatsoever. <laughs> like, he's just, like, he's just a priest. But, hey, he can, he can pat you firmly on the back <laughs> if you're choking on a cherry. Yeah. Definitely. It's a useful skill. It is a useful skill if you just eat cherries at your desk. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't even eat it. He just threw it in his glass of water and just knocked it back like oh, it was a shot. Gotcha, gotcha. Like a fucking moron, dude. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> come on, dude. Think about what you're doing. But I, I, I love that performance. You know, like I said before, Gary Oldman really stands out there and also Chris Tucker in this movie. I think both of them stole the show. Oh, Chris Tucker is just so in your face in this movie at all. Entirely times. the whole movie. Yeah. He's, he's just on 100% like even more so than like in rush hour. See, and I, and I like that a lot because in movies like rush hour and stuff like that, he, he plays kind of the same role kind of as he's played in other movies. Like yeah. it's almost as if he's like a novelty. You know what I mean? <clears throat> Excuse me. But, um, and, you know, in this movie, he was very, very, very flamboyant and very, like, extra and in your face. And he it was very methodical acting. It really was. You know, and also his his costume design really, really fit his character well. Like, especially, especially, like, when you first see him, his hairstyle, which yes. is crazy. Totally looks like some anime shit to some me. Anime like, shit or some Hunger Games shit. You're right. Yeah. Hunger oh. Games, you're right, yeah. Oh, Hunger Games ripped off a lot of shit from <laughs> the fifth level. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, sir. 
the police. There's nowhere else to go. We're gonna slowly turn around and put your hands on the floor. Do you understand me? Yeah, no, um, the costume designs in this are really interesting. In particular, you know, Mr. Ruby Rods. A lot, a lot of that, you know, was, of course, designed by Jean-Paul Gaultier. 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 Yeah. Jean-Paul Gaultier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was a fashion designer for many years. He's done a lot of more avant-garde types of fashion shows and everything. And honestly, I really like the style that he brought to this movie. I mean, it was really, really interesting. Like, like Gary Oldman's costume alone, like that weird head plate that he yeah, has, and, what and the was half up with that. Like, I, I think that even Gary Oldman was asking that question. He was just like, "So, why do I have this well, weird dome here, and weird, why, future, dome, why yeah. do I have half a uh, hairstyle?" It's kind of <laughs> right. weird, it's cyberpunk looking weird. I mean, I'm mess. not gonna lie. Like Gary Oldman's, well, Zorg in the show was almost like a futuristic Hitler, where everything was a little bit backwards, right? <laughs> so like he had the little soul patch instead of the little, you know, right. Hitler stash. <laughs> and, but he also kind of had like a semi, you know, undercut. Yeah, it was a very, it was a very Adolf type yeah, thing. Yeah, that you're was right. Going it, on it, there. it does does have a little bit of a fashy vibe to it. Without throwing of. it straight in your face. He was very I'm like, are you serious, bro? Yeah. But but he's uh, he's a lot more likable though. He's actually a pretty likable well, I mean villain. Hitler was a pretty likable guy to a lot of people oh, too. Sure and how was. did that end up? You know what I yeah. mean? Like it Yo, my serious joke went <laughs> I know. I know, dude. We're 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 idiots. <laughs> Because he plays Sirius Black. You're, oh, you're right. He does. Holy shit. Gotcha. gotcha. That's right. Anyway, but yeah, no, no. He's he's <laughs> like Space Hitler. Yeah, um, pretty much, right? Yeah. Space Hitler, which, of course, he has a southern accent. Of course. You know Space what I mean? Like I, with the, see, his character now has even more layers. Now he's German, too. Right. Now he's <laughs> a German... Southern space Hitler. There you go. Yeah. And but in the beginning, they, yeah, they even asked, like, are you German? Yeah. Oh, that's right. They yeah. did. To the, that was to, funny. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, right. I think there's a lot of things at, at play here. There's a lot of nuances that, that are left up to interpretation. Definitely. No, I don't disagree with you. And, and there's a lot of interestingly diverse characters here. I mean, we've already mentioned Gary Oldman's character, Zorg. We've discussed, um, you know, Ruby Rod to an extent, but um, you know, there's also, of course, the the fifth element, the eponymous character herself, Lilu. Oh yeah, Lilu is, in many ways, kind of a manic pixie dream girl, sort of, but she's also kind of that one trope where, like, a girl is like awakened and she's in almost like an infantile state, and then like a guy helps her become like a woman. Kind of okay, which is kind of uh, kind of creepy in its own right when you think about it. Is that like Taming of the Shrew or something? Something to that effect. I mean, <laughs> but it, there's definitely the manic pixie dream girl vibe right there because you know Corbin Dallas he's looking for a significant other that's going to make his life better. You know, because he he's shown to have a real crap sack life. Yeah, and and um, you know John McClane. I mean Corbin Dallas. <laughs> No, I mean, yeah, basically, you know, that the, he is space John McClane. That's what's funny. Space McClane. Space McClane, yeah. That, that's a badass name in his own right. That space is badass. Space McClane. I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. Definitely put that on a fucking t-shirt. Somebody get on that. <laughs> you know, do, do you think this movie's kind of maybe a little bit self-aware in that respect? 
I think it's self-aware in a lot of respects. Yeah. I mean, it knows exactly what it is. I mean, Bassan knew exactly what he was making. I mean, he'd been making it since he was 16, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, this is the second film we've done. Um, the second, sorry, the second French film we've done on Collateral Cinema, right? Oh, yeah, we did Martyrs. Oh, was, I remember that. Uh, that was the new French extremity movement. Yeah, you're not going to get that in this movie, but... Uh, my when the diva she was in a new french extremity movie called high tension or hot tension which has a pretty crazy gory uh aspect to it and and, and a twist that honestly you can see coming a mile away but honestly it, it's definitely worth a yeah worth no, a high, watch. high high tension is definitely something that you guys should cover definitely at, at some yeah. point that's a fantastic movie did you check out our martyrs episode no i have not no, I, I also I don't listen to podcasts at all. Um, oh, I damn it! Yeah, I don't I don't watch movies. <laughs> I don't, know I don't what listen. Do, man. No, no, I I definitely love you guys, but I have not uh, listened to that episode yet. Yeah, it was uh, Pascal Lafayette's Pascal Laguerre. Laguerre. Yeah. yeah, and just just like that's a uniquely French movie. I mean, same thing with the Fifth Element. Absolutely. I mean, th- there's just a that type of vibe to it that, you know, you see in a lot of the more like goofy kind of, I don't know what's the word for it. Kind of. Well, I mean, one, one thing that we were talking about earlier is that he began writing the story when he was 16, you know, to touch yeah, back on yeah. that. Like, I, I really like that. He kept those childlike aspects of it. It's yeah. There's you very, I mean? there's a lot of real childlike aspects to how the narrative kind of, comes out you know like i mean the one thing that ruins any kind of story and and developing a world or anything like that is getting too serious about it oh definitely and and this movie does not take itself seriously no. at all really and it's all the better for it no it yeah, though at no point does it take itself seriously i mean the entire thing is a blast throughout and i think that's why it has such a cultural impact and, and a legacy of its own right um is this movie is remembered for uh, it's bizarre moments, I think. But also, it's interesting because the plot itself is, in some ways, the basic you know premise is, is, is very basic action. But the world is what you know impresses me here. Um, the world building and 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 you know, like we said before, the lore and the mythology surrounding it all, and how jam packed it is, and and also you know how zany the characters are. And I think that in a way, the fact that we don't get a whole lot of explanation. Yeah, for a lot of the motivations oh, and some of the lore, actually kind of adds to the charm of it a little bit. Absolutely, you yeah. know, like especially upon a rewatch. I mean, it, it makes it a very rewatchable movie because you're kind of coming into it with a clean slate every time. I mean, dare I say that the uh, the the watcher is the fifth element? Oh, you know what I mean? right. Yeah, it has, it has all it has all the elements of a good movie, yeah, but yeah. you are what makes it whole. Right, exactly. You know what Ooh, I mean? Like perfect. you're you're a lot of things are left up for interpretation. That's good. And so you are the one that actually completes the story. A lot of thought process there. Right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Which is very French. Very. Do you know what I mean? Because like, the French are very intricate uh, and and also subtle artistic people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're, they're yeah, very, I mean. they're very, very proud of their place in cinematic history. I mean, they take it very seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and ultimately, that's what makes movies like this so entertaining because it's kind of, you know, it's that French humor that's coming out, but it's also kind of stepping away from it a little bit. Well, you know, what's beautiful you know? about it too is that I had absolutely no idea that this was 
technically well not technically literally a french film until very recently yeah when when i was when bo invited me to come and uh be with you guys i was i wanted to look into some facts about it never knew that yeah it all makes sense now no it really does and it's very subtle it's very well done which you know and 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 like the French, they're going to recruit a lot of Americans to to you know do things for them. Oh so, damn! I mean, oh, shots <laughs> fired. Not by the French though. Oh <laughs> damn! Damn, Aaron, your Francophobia. Shit. I mean, damn. I'm sorry, French listeners. Um, yeah, sorry. Oh, France. No, hey, by the way, I absolutely love France. I love the French. That's actually where I want to go if I ever go on vacation. So. Oh, certainly. So. <laughs> damn. Can't yeah, take just, yourself too seriously. Just don't forget your multi-pass. Multi-pass. <laughs> multi-pass. I love that that's become a meme. Multi-pass. Yeah. There is a lot of memeable moments from this movie, Absolutely. I think. Honestly. Tons of them. Aziz. Aziz. I tell you, to this day, my dad still tells me that. You know, it's a funny story. Uh, the, the kid uh, from The Fifth Element actually grew up to be a comedian. Uh, his name is Aziz Ansari. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah I've no, heard that I name mean, before. That's, yeah, funny. that's actually completely completely a lie there is a comedian named aziz ansari who is also in fact indian oh my god I, i've heard that name before so i was just like god oh, damn yeah, it there you go so if, if you throw in a lie with just a little bit of truth that, that's with a little bit of light you. a little bit of light to it that's good yeah fake news fake hey fake news man. <laughs> fake news fake news but fuck i ran right oh my Jeez. god <laughs> i'll make the best wars ever <laughs> But yeah, no, there's there's definitely a lot of interesting characters in this film. We've gotten, you know, the main ones out of the way, our stars. We've also got characters like General Monroe. Oh, he's great. Yeah, that's the Spank Bank General. Yep. Dude, General Monroe is one of the, the, the most... Because is that... Now, I never thought about this until tonight. Is that who Corbin was talking to on the phone? Finger? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. That right? wasn't Finger. Like, who... Was he talking to? That's a thing that does not get addressed. It isn't it, at all. What I assume is an old war buddy, but also someone who's retired, who who's who mentions he's gonna like fix his cab. I think so. It it might be like like someone he served with that employed him. Yeah, maybe as like a cab driver. Like well, maybe that's why Corbin was driving the cab. He's or? employed by Zorg. I think they they show yeah, that in the true. letter that he got. So fingers is probably just like his manager or supervisor or something, or someone that helped him get there because he he hap- seems to know that the that the cab is not his. Yeah, he says the right. hack. There's a lot of dialogue in here that if blink and you miss it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When yeah. I watched this for the second time, I finally noticed that. Right. Right. So General yeah. Monroe, he was played by uh, Brian Jones or Brian, what's his name? Brian James. Brian oh, yeah. James. I've seen him in stuff before. I recognize his face. Yeah, he, I mean, I think he passed away like not long after this movie. Really? Out. Yeah, he died in '99. Yeah, so. that's not long at all. Nope. Damn. <laughs> but I've seen him. In a, I know I've seen him in a few other things. Yeah, he was in Blade Runner. But he's yeah, yeah. That's right. He was in Blade Runner. Uh, Leon Kowalski. Yeah, there's one thing I want to address here. Uh, one thing I noticed is that pretty early on in the film, he like gets busted in the nose, uh-huh. and he has his bandaid on his nose. Oh yeah, throughout most of the movie. Yes, and I've always wondered why. Why? Like there has to be 
some kind of hidden reason, maybe like an inner joke, maybe or maybe kind of like maybe a deleted scene that we didn't get. That right, right, makes well, sense well, in context. Exactly, exactly. There's like zero context in the fact that because I mean, you know, it's it's they they had a budget of I want to say ninety million dollars. Yeah, you know what I mean. There's no way that you would just like accidentally leave right. a bandaid yeah. on somebody's <laughs> nose. You know what I mean? Because they gross like two hundred thirty-eight million dollars on on the opening weekend. Yeah. Just so on the opening weekend. On the opening weekend. Wow. And so, uh, if if my facts are correct, but still, it's like I feel like there's something there that they're they're keeping from me. Right. Well, it's continuity. I mean, this all takes place over the course of maybe a couple days at the most. So yeah. Right. That's Logically, right. that makes sense. That, that's yeah. an, that's but, another thing that kind of that I think is pretty crazy about the movie is that whole time frame that's established there. And one thing right after another. It feels like if it doesn't feel like it's two days. Honestly, no, not at all. But it still goes by so quickly. Yeah, there are a lot of things happening at once. And I think this movie does a really great job of covering all those different things happening. Yeah. All at the same time. All at the same time. Right. Yeah, they do a really good job of that. Yeah. They they don't have any trouble like like switching scenes without it being too awkward. Well, it doesn't feel drawn out. It doesn't feel drawn out at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. One one thing leads to another at every moment. Yeah, absolutely. Water. Fruit. You see, Father, by creating a little destruction... A cherry. I'm, in fact, encouraging life. In reality, you and I are in the same business. Cherish. Where's the robot to pat you on the back? For the engineer! Oh, are they children? Maybe. There, you see now how all your so called power counts for absolutely nothing. How your entire empire of destruction comes crashing down. All because of one little cherry. You you saved my life. And in return, I'll spare yours. For now. You're a monster, Zorka. And it gets tied in very well. But everything is really it's really on point. Yeah, yeah. but but every moment, I mean, it's still it actually makes sense within the uh, the screenplay itself. You know, I mean, especially with the pacing and everything. Yeah, you aren't left you know? with too, left with too many questions. Yeah, right. I mean, except for some questions about right. certain character motivations. But I mean, that's kind of another thing. That's, that's yeah. also if if you're if you're nitpicking. You know yeah. what I mean? If you're really like just as a general like watcher, just right. general audience, you know what I mean? Like it keeps you captivated in the movie. There's enough continuity to where right. it open it, and closed it, plot that was pretty right. understandable. Right. But very, it's it's fulfilling. Yeah, it's right. very it's very yeah, easy it's, to understand. I mean, because at first you have the MacGuffins themselves, and then there's the actual chance to use those MacGuffins to save the world. No, no, definitely. We, we have mentioned, of course, the uh, slightly less competent uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Father Vito, 
Vito Cornelius. Cornelius. I love uh, that. Vito Cornelius <laughs> as l- almost like Vito Corleone. Yeah, yeah, right? You know, Vito Cornelius. How does Lilu know his name at the beginning? That's what I want to know. Well, I mean, I think it's because the Montechauans probably somehow conveyed that information to her while she was in the sarcophagus. Maybe. I mean, we, we, we never see how. Or it, maybe it's just like an, an inherent genetic, like like DNA memory. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You know what I mean? Because memory can be passed through DNA. That's how our bodies evolve. It's Assassin's Creed. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. it's true. It's very true. Yeah. It's very exactly. true. It's, it's a very uh, similar concept. But anyway, uh, we're talking about Bilbo Baggins, right? Yep, we're talking yes. about Bilbo fucking yes. Baggins. We're talking How does that about song by Leonard Nimoy go. Oh like, shit! I don't really appreciate calling him Vito Cornelius. All right. Like, I mean, that's Bilbo fucking. Yeah, that's Bilbo Baggins. So. Honestly, I know, right? But I mean, I really like his comedic timing in this movie. Like, he's actually a very funny character. Yeah. Well, I, I, and know. I also like how weak and frail he is as a character in the movie, but he has a purpose that that has not been needed for so fucking yeah. long. You know what I mean? So, like, all of a sudden, he's, like, the bumbling fool that's, like, trying to, like, react to everything happening so quickly. Yeah. Yeah, but but he you know knows I mean? he knows his role. He knows what we what he has to do, and he has the conviction and resolve to do it. But, I mean, so. but it's and, and I like that a lot because, like, yeah. he hasn't... It's almost as if he never thought it was actually going to happen in his lifetime. Yeah. Because there was priest after priest after priest. Mm. You know what I mean? That right. Yeah, it was passed a, on. It was a long, long line of succession. And then all of a sudden it's like, almost <laughs> like uh, Bilbo Baggins. There you go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. You're right. Exactly. He's just thrown into a situation that he, even though he was prepared for it, like he kind of wasn't at the same it time. It sounds like he was typecasted. There you go. A little bit. <laughs> Damn it. Well, I don't know, because, I mean, he plays the older Bilbo Baggins that's already adventured. The oh, younger yeah. one you're talking about is Martin Freeman. That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, you're uh, right. Ah! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that fucking meme. Oh, God. <laughs> there, there, there's, there's literally a subreddit where people like to take that Bilbo Baggins face and just put it on porn actresses. <laughs> oh, God. There's an entire subreddit of that. Bad. I swear to God. I I got a boner right now <laughs> at this moment. Yeah, hold on a second. Let me. Oh my god! Pop in the restroom real quick. <laughs> Jesus Christ, guys! <laughs> just a bunch of jackasses sitting in a circle. <laughs> exactly. Some kind of just a bunch of jerks yep. sitting in a circle. It's jerks. almost like some kind of circle jerk. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> you guys want to play soggy biscuit? Oh God! Fuck! God damn it! God damn it, man! Go home. You're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've had too much fireball, Ash. Soggy biscuit. Uh, <laughs> damn it. I'm going to leave that in the podcast. <laughs> damn it. You better leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. But uh, yeah, what did you guys think about um, the diva of the movie, uh, Plava Lugano? I've had, a little, Plava Laguna. I've had a little bit to drink here. Plava Laguna. <laughs> Man, I love her actual design as a character. I mean, first she's she's concealed when you first see her, 
And then when she's up on stage, you get that first good look at her body and what she's wearing. She's very blue. Very blue. It's, it's <laughs> actually pretty impressive. And also, Maywin's performance uh, during the opera scene, during the diva oh, yeah. dance scene, is really awesome. Yeah, I mean, spectacular. I'm, I'm pretty sure she lip synced that. I'm, well, I, mean, yeah, I don't think yeah, she's yeah. a no, that, that, vocalist. That's like, that. like nearly, like you have to really be a trained operatic yeah. um, singer to even get close to that. But I was actually reading earlier. I, I forget the name of the lady that that actually sang it. Yeah. Um. But but yeah. So it's it's getting looked up right now. So but um. That is one of the hardest songs to replicate. Oh, really? For I... opera singers. Yeah. It is like you know, when, and, and it's crazy because when I was a kid, I thought that that was you know you got the flying cars, the CGI, yeah. everything. I thought it was all fabricated. That's actually a real opera singer singing that song. Oh, yeah. Interesting. And that is is insanely impressive. And then you have uh, Mae yeah. Wynn's performance, which actually really sells it. It really makes it look like oh, she's absolutely. belting it absolutely. out. No, she... she did a fantastic job of replicating what you what you I mean have you ever seen an opera live right no, no neither no, have I. Not, so, neither have I. No. so it's like in all honesty it's 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 she did a really good job of making it look like she was singing it oh seriously you yeah know, and, and and then there's the fact that during that scene it's juxtaposed with Lilu kicking those aliens ass yeah kicking the shit out of them I really the like where them. the music kind of picks up yeah, tempo and 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 then the fighting starts. That's really really good yeah. moment. Yeah. Oh, that really is, man. And 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 that's the first time that we actually see Lilu like do anything like that. Like actually take on an entire group of people trying to kill her. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, she. I mean, we we had the chase scene before, but I mean, we didn't really see her I do mean, a whole lot of one thing is like martial arts or anything. There's like that. a lot of explanation as to how like Lilu is progressing in in terms of intelligence, but where the fuck did she learn how to fight? It's kind of the same as the Matrix. Remember when he well, when she's sitting there at the computer just trying to gain all the yeah, knowledge. She learns it all. She learns yeah. it all. Yeah, she, she pretty much up, learns all of that. They, she picks up martial arts. She searches it up. And just okay, kind of, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Because that, so, that kind of went over my head a little bit. Like in the Matrix, they explained it a little bit more. Yeah. Like you know what I mean. Like he got it like downloaded, and they yeah. explain that he got it downloaded. But in this, like we've been talking about, is a little bit more interpretive. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to pay I mean? attention like, to notice things. You like really that. Do. right, right, right. The little nuances, which I mean, again, the French are, are known for nuance. Absolutely. You nuance. know what I mean? Which is which is awesome. It's my I dad's mean, favorite word: nuance. Nuance. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no, it's definitely yeah, no, our our uh, our dad's favorite word is uh uh fuck you. Fuck <laughs> you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very much, very much so. <laughs> fuck you. Give me my weed. <laughs> right. You're an asshole. Where's my lighter? <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, shout out to Rip Torn. I mean, Mr. Rip. Maddox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, fuck him. <laughs> fuck that guy. That's what Bo says. Bo says Weird. the same thing. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's almost like they, they grew up with the, you know, had the same childhood. Yeah, so, right? Almost. Something almost. like that. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> Weird. We were touched by the same uncle. Oh, God. God. Oh, wow. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. He could have alternated between the two of you. He didn't know which one he liked better. Yeah, well, well sometimes wow. he would go skiing. 
Oh, yeah, wow, we're, we're, are we really doing molesting jokes <laughs> here? Like, seriously? Whoa, 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 get your mind out of the gutter. Who's oh, that? What the fuck? That? Like our uncle, he, he touched our souls. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we were Shit, young Bo. Christians, Bo. What the fuck? We were buttercreamers, Bo. Oh, we, yeah, buttercreamers butter cream for life. Buttercreamers for life. Dude, what the fuck are Dude. you going? Man, I don't know. It's just don't molest the my insinuations. Like the insinuations were there, and that's what I picked up on. And that's where you went. <laughs> Only the Damn. vegan. Only the vegan. Uh, God damn it. it comes Only around. the vegan thinks of meat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. What goes around comes around, Bo. Oh, God. I hate this We're dissing podcast. you on your own. Yeah, no. <laughs> I hate this show. <laughs> I hate this show now. You hated it. Uh, you hated I'm, it. You I'm, created I'm, it. I'm, uh, I'm going to unsubscribe as soon as I get home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm done with this show. We, we thought about renaming this the Waiting for Dakota podcast. Oh, God yeah. damn it. Yeah, While we were waiting for you. Yeah, we I'll were waiting on, on Denny, yeah, who you we don't like, have five fucking minutes for. You were scarfing ramen. I was scarfing Like ramen, a madman. I scarfed that shit down. <laughs> and, I, and, I to, and what did I tell you? That we don't have five fucking minutes, Denny? Like a mad cow? <laughs> like, yeah, a, like, like a, a mad, mad veg. veg? Mad veg, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I don't know. I think I'm going to just adopt that that nickname. Oh, absolutely, bro. You get mad vag. Exactly. Okay. Mad vag. You, you know how like in like workaholics, they have names that are like almost like their actual names in real life? There you yeah, go. yeah. That's yours. There you go. <laughs> yeah, bro. I'm Maddox. You're mad vag. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I guess that works. I was waiting for you guys to do a, a reference. You know, like I'm, I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Aaron Maddox. Unrelated. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, not, not related. Yeah. No, no relations. Not, not related. It's like, my name's Uncle Ruckus. No Bo, relations. Bo was adopted, actually, anyways. So. It's yeah. okay. Dakota's only my half-brother, so it's only yeah. half wrong. Well, we it's actually have a couple of half-sisters, too. Yeah. Yeah, we only half like the sister we got. Yeah. <laughs> How does Bilbo put it? I, I don't like half of you as well as I should, and I know only half of you half as well as I'd like to, or something yeah. like oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're, we, we, we live by the, no, the, no, the not Hobbit not, creed. Not Bilbo Baggins, Vito Cornelius. Mm. No, Bilbo Baggins. Yeah, no, Bilbo Baggins. I don't like that. Yeah. Dildo Swaggins. Yeah, yeah, yes, that doesn't make me feel good at all. <laughs> uh, poor, poor Father Cornelius. Father wah, Cornelius. Wah. What about the final form of Obama, President Lindborg? <laughs> you, you know who, you what know? the fuck is up with this I, I guys i promise it's it's the fucking fireball okay yeah so what I what, what i really love about that character is that he's he's so firm and he's so badass but the only thing that really like took him down a notch at the end was a jewish mother yeah. <laughs> exactly yes. you know he got on the phone <laughs> with did? a jewish mother and he turned into a little bitch he was like bitch. no no take this from me yeah i can't deal like, with this like everybody that that had to be some kind of message in, in, some in that you know why does I mean? corbin like, dallas have a jewish mom because right. he lives in new york right yes yeah yes. exactly you're pretty That's much racist because in the late 2200s or 22,000s. Yeah. Right? No, no, you uh you're automatically born with a Jewish mom if you're born in New York. Just automatically. I mean just automatically. And they're gonna nag you. <laughs> and where was she? Yeah, good question. On the moon, I think. Yeah, well, yeah. She's unless unless she yeah. was being hyperbolic, you know. 
yeah, hyperbolic. hyperbolic. I yeah. think she was being literal that she's on the she lunar surface. The they, they, I, I could see them colonizing the moon in this. It, is that like a retirement yeah. home for Jewish? I like moms? the sound of that. You know what I mean? Like, I like the sound of that. I'm gonna start going to the moon. You know, right? You just put them on the moon. Oh yeah, my God. fuck to, those old people. Y'all need to sit. Okay, boomer. Okay, boomers. <laughs> You're on the moon. <laughs> At that point, they'll be the millennials, probably. <laughs> yeah, it probably will be. Yeah, yeah, You're that's right. true. You're right. So you're not a boomer, you're a mooner. We'll eat those, <laughs> we'll eat those boomers to the moon. There you go. <laughs> why, why don't we send y'all's dad to the to the moon? You know, he, oh, he's retired, uh, right? It would not take very much effort either. We could, no, we could literally just grab no, the old fucker and just, <laughs> wait, wait, let's plan it. Let's like get all the boomers, round them up. And ship them off to the fucking moon. Yeah, honestly, yeah. No, they can go fuck up their own planet. Right, and then they fucking <laughs> stop voting. Well, that would yeah, be great. Seriously, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this is what happens when fireball is injected into this podcast. <laughs> we send the boomers to the moon. You know what? Yeah. If you're a send boomer, the boomers to the moon. Yeah, put on a t-shirt, dude. <laughs> okay, if it happens, you heard it from us first. Yeah, you heard it from us first. Yeah, <laughs> we we started writing this idea when we were sixteen. <laughs> we were stoned. <laughs> we were drunk. Other, and we were fucked up. Otherwise, it's just oh, a joke. Otherwise, it's otherwise, just a joke. Otherwise, it, it, otherwise, yeah. If it's a if it's a thing later, it was our idea. It was our idea. Right, yeah. Right, if it's not, right. if it's not, it's just a joke. It's just, it's a, just joke. a joke. We're, we're, we were just kidding. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but I, I think that's a perfect solution. I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't really encourage euthanization. So right, right, right. So just displace, displacement. You know what I mean? Just oh, let's wow. just let's just move them over. Mr. Ruby Rod is the biggest we're gonna start it out. It's a great honor to be on this talk show. He's so great. Yes, I'm sure you're very excited, but I'm on my vacation. I don't want to be bothered. Prefer to remain anonymous. Boy is fueled like fire. So start melting, ladies, because the boy is hotter than hot. He's hot. Hot, hot. The right size, right build, right head, right on. Right on, right on. And he's got something to say to those 50 billion pair of ears out there. Pop it, D-Man. Uh, all right, all right. Unbelievable. Winner, ladies. He's gonna set the world on fire. Right here from 5 to 7, you know everything there is to know about that demon. His dreams, his desires, his most intimates of intimates. And what I'm looking at, intimate is his stud muffin's middle name. So tell me, my man, you nervous in the service? Not really. Freeze those knees, my knees, because Kirby's in the place and he's on the case. Yesterday's frog will be tomorrow's friends of Frostown Paradise. A hotel of a thousand and one follies, lollies, and lick em lollies. A magic fountain floor with non-stop wine, women, and looking, looking, ooh, all night long. All night long, all night. Ooh. It's the little stairs, little girlies, because this guy's going to be right home to mama. Man. 
So, how, so how, do, how do you think they take care of boomers in the Fifth Element universe? I didn't see a single boomer. Yeah, seriously. in the Fifth Element universe. So I kind of feel like they're talking about the same shit that we're doing right now. Like, I probably. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you yeah. only hear one. What I would assume would be our equivalent to a boomer on the lunar what uh, the lunar lunar surface the lunar, lunar surface. surface. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Have they you guys just, seen that movie Moon? Yes. That shit yes. trips me out. I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. So Moon, that's with um, Mr. I don't watch movies over here. No, oh uh, yeah. I mean, what? <laughs> what are you yeah, talking what, about? What the fuck is this? Movie? Isn't that Sam Rockwell? Yeah, that's Sam Rockwell. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And and they're basically just re-replicating. Yeah, him every yeah. two years, and, and, yeah. and it's like the beginning. Well, yeah, spo- spoilers for Moon, by the way. Uh, yeah, no, Sam Rockwell's not in that movie, and uh, it's about the sun. <laughs> so I don't know what you're talking about. Right on. It's Moon, which is French for. I mean, I just imagine if you're listening to this podcast, well, then you probably watch enough movies where you. Yeah. Another you know Earth. Fun. Another Earth is also a really, really, really good movie. See, I hear the opposite. I hear people say it's a shit movie. Really? Because I it's really weird because I don't know what it. to think because I don't know what to think about it because, you know, that's Will Smith, right? I mean, I love yeah. Will Smith. You, no. can't, you can't go wrong. You're thinking of a different movie. Another Earth? That's the one you just so, called, right? No, that's like Earth. That's what it's called, isn't it? Is that? I don't think because so. Because there is, a, that's like Earth 2 or something like what that. About, where what about like, Battlefield Earth? Another Earth was an indie movie, if I'm correct. Another Earth was an indie movie, um, and it's about a young girl. After that, Earth, you were right. Yeah, I'm so stupid. another Earth. Well, no, I mean that's a fair, that that, right. that that's a fair mistake. You know what I mean? Because another Earth after Earth, you know what I mean? Yeah, those, yeah. those who are very, they're incredibly the same. But another Earth was really, really good, and it was about like a planet got close enough to our sun that became literally like Earth two. Oh, wait. I wow. think I saw this movie. Well, guys, we'll have to discuss that another yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we're just rambling. Uh, no. Once, once again, rambling once again the I classic collateral cinema tangent. Yeah, we're just rambling now. Yeah. Yeah, what the fuck, dude? I mean, that, that's what you've come to expect. I mean, yeah. did you expect any better? No. Um, <laughs> well, you can edit this shit, too. Oh, of course. Of course. Nah, keep it in. Keep it in, boom. Fuck this. Keep it in. I'm going to keep a lot of it in. Keep it in. We're too lazy. Keep it in like I kept my dick in your mom. Oh, bro. bro, He fucked your mom, bro. Oh, damn it, man. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Ash always tells Robert to take care of our mom because he's always making mom jokes. Yeah, hey, I take mean, care honestly, me. I mean, if you're gonna fuck my mom, take care of her. <laughs> yeah, she I deserves mean, the best. Yeah, I would. Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, I as, long, so. as long as you don't end up like Shut my up. dad, like, <laughs> you're, you're all right. I don't know if it's, it's if my mom is what causes that. Uh, boomers yeah. always hate their. I, wives. I I never met my dad uh, before he met my mom. So yeah, yeah. Okay, I tried to figure that out in my head, but I'm too drunk. Uh, <laughs> that was good. I don't know. That, that's just classic boomers. Boomers always hate the, hate their hate their wives and hate their husbands. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, guys, what do you what do you think about the Fifth Element overall legacy? Final thoughts? Oh man, twenty years on, this is still a great movie to watch, and I mean, I really like the way that Luke Besson took his. Uh, his property that he made all those years ago. And and I love that it's all original. I mean, it's it's an original story completely with original characters. I mean, there's nothing contrived here. And it's funny. 
I, I love how funny it is, and and that has led to some really really funny memes as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. like like multipass, like, like, multi-pass. You know? like the Princess multi-pass. Bride, very memeable. Yeah. Lilu Dallas multipass. Yeah. Multipass. Uh, you know this multipass. Lilu Dallas, my wife, we're newlyweds, just met. Multi-pass. You know how it is, bump into each other, sparks multi-pass. happen. Yeah, she knows it's a multipass. Yeah. Anyway, we're in love. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and also, you know, a lot of just the general type of film discussion you could have about it. Like, one thing we didn't touch upon was the fact that uh, Zorg and Corbin Dallas never meet each other in this movie. You're right. Ever. You know? So, I mean, it has that a little... a really good point. Yeah, it has... It has really a little, good point. It's weird. It has little details like that, you know? I mean, and, and that's, that's really cool cinematic storytelling right there, you know? Yeah. And... I mean, I'd like to think that a lot of the CGI work probably went on to influence a lot of the later stuff you see, like the MCU uh-huh. and in the Matrix and and other movies. Uh, of that Star kind of Wars, Star, I, Star Wars as well. well. I, yeah, I was yeah. No- noticing that the the prequels. It looks a lot like the prequels, especially with the flying cars and the way that's set up. And this is a movie that predates the prequels. Predates it by just a couple of years, actually. Yeah. 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 No. No. Definitely. What What do you think sets it apart from other films at the time of release? I think, for one, just the f- overall Frenchness of it. Yeah, the Frenchness, you know, the practical effects, the, yeah. the the futuristic vibe, a lot of it. And Bruce Willis is amazing acting. Yeah. I mean, it, okay, Bruce Willis gives a great performance as a generic action. Yeah, that, that, that's what I was going to say I mean, about I, my final I, thoughts, and he, honestly. I, I, I love it, too, because like Bruce Willis is is fantastic at playing the character that didn't want any of this shit right yeah no, you know he, what i mean like he didn't ask for any of it but he rose to the occasion that that's pretty much his entire career right there absolutely that's <laughs> like, die hard much. in space yeah exactly you know what i mean exactly but like, when it comes down to to you know put some mobile grease into handling the situation he rises to the occasion just like my dick just like <laughs> uh <laughs> just like ash's dick <laughs> there you go <laughs> I don't know what the occasion is. I don't know is, what the occasion is. It rose to it. All rise. Your dick's acting like it's in court. Yeah, yeah. right. There you go. Damn it. All right. Other, uh, other Maddox, what's your, uh, what's your thoughts, final thoughts? So I, I really love this movie because there's no real clear villain here so there's not really a clear villain here there there's this impending doom and then you have you know your characters that that all have their own motives and you just have two polar opposites so you have zorg who's trying to make money off of something that's sought after and then you have corbin that is just been thrown into the situation and he's just trying to figure it out before he realizes that everybody's going to die if he doesn't do something mm-hmm. about it. Right. Yeah. So it's just like the key elements of this movie really ties it all in to, uh, together. But I just I think it was really shot well. It was it was written well. It's funny. It's serious. And it's a little sad all at the same time. That's perfect, yeah. It kind of encapsulates the whole feeling there. Absolutely. What about you? Uh, I, don't, I don't know what to say. You said it all. I mean, I was going to talk about Bruce Willis and, you know, Mia Jovovich. Uh, great acting all around. I Beautifully shot. Great practical effects. I would recommend this movie to everybody. I mean, I it's another one that I've seen so many times. I didn't even need to see it again. So, I mean, it was well made well shot i didn't there's a lot of information that you guys told me recently about you know i didn't know it was a french movie either so that's good to know uh it's a great movie 
10 out of 10 would recommend. <laughs> totally. <laughs> well said. Um, multi-pass. Multi-pass. <laughs> multi-pass. My, uh, my final thoughts here. Um, definitely a classic. Uh, I think this is a perennial favorite. Mm-hmm. People who know this film remember this film. It's oh, one yeah. of those things that right. I can mention in a crowd. Like The Princess Bride. Like right. um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah, exactly. That you can just throw out there and people know. People are aware of it. It definitely does have kind of, kind of a legacy. Um, and, and again, 23 years. I mean, that's crazy to think about. Probably makes y'all feel old. Maybe a, a little, little bit. bit. Yeah, yeah. A little yeah. Bit. If you yeah. <laughs> particularly, Bo. Oh, oh yeah, I'm, I'm fucking ancient. You're yeah. ancient. You're I'm, He's an are ancient you? alien. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that indeed. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, yeah, the Fifth Element is one of my favorites. It's, it's why I picked it. I originally, you know, had a different movie planned out that we're going to do next season um, because I just felt that. This movie is a favorite of mine, and it's a favorite of a lot of audiences. And I felt like it was something we needed to talk about on the podcast, and we Agreed. needed to do soon. Yeah, I agree, too. So, yeah, just just kind of a general statement about the impact. But, yeah, no, uh, Collateral Cinema, we have still got a, a lot more coming out this season, right, Bo? Oh, certainly. We have our anniversary episode coming here very soon. Got that to look forward yeah, to. Yeah, that's going to be in February. Another Takashi Miike film, right? Oh, definitely. What are you guys Visitor. covering? Visitor Q. Very nice. Yeah, that's very a great nice. movie. It, it, I, I can't wait to show it to these two because it's going to freak them out. No, you I, hardcore. I, I, have a close, I have a close spot in my heart for Takashi Miike. Okay, you say yeah. you're not a movie guy, but you 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 understand obscure references that only oh, a cinephile would. Absolutely. No, no I, I, I am a huge movie buff. Uh, that's something that Bo and I had a, a lot in common as we were you know growing up. And oh, that's, yeah. That's something that, that really bonded us together. As brothers, we we we've always been able to hang out and enjoy. I actually remember speaking of Bruce Willis when we were a kid. We got into a shit ton of trouble because my brother figured out the password to the parental uh, <laughs> setting. Yeah, and we watched Die Hard. Die Hard. Right. We we'd seen it already, but we watched it because we were home alone, and my 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 mom came home like in the middle of us watching it, <laughs> and we were like fucking scrambling to try and turn it off. Yeah. And like reset the parental, you know, sense. So, you know, that's that's definitely something that we've always been able to share. So I've, I'm really cool. happy to be be here with you guys talking about this stuff. Oh, definitely. It's great to have you on. Yeah, we're glad to have you. Sure. Would have been cool to have you on our Die Hard episode. Not that <laughs> yeah, no, that'd be fantastic. I would love it. It was the best Christmas movie uh, ever. Yeah. That was that was last year's holiday special. Yeah. And that uh, we had a lot of fun on that one. We, we really argued as to why it was a. Uh, it is a Christmas movie. Oh, it is absolutely. absolutely. It's the best Christmas movie. For <laughs> Definitely. Sure. For sure. Fuck Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Home Alone is pretty much Die Hard. Fuck Are you kidding Christmas me? Story. It, it's Die Hard Christmas. Another you know Die Hard what? Christmas. It is. Yeah. It, is. it totally is. And with Collateral Cinema, of course, you can find us on all social media platforms. That includes Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, you can find our Patreon also, where we have... Uh, full-length movie commentaries. We've got quite a few of those out now, so go check them out. We're going to upload some more as well. Yeah, we need to do a commentary here very soon. Aaron, if you want to ever be on one, you can totally do that. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, it is. It's lots of fun. I think this is one we we may need to commentate. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're you're definitely right. Because we've got, okay, I know what we need to do is we need to do, we need to do the disaster artist. 
that's overdue um and we sh- we need to do the princess bride yeah yeah we need to do those as, as commentaries and that allows us to kind of revisit those um and yeah. i definitely think this is one as well but um yeah yeah we'll, we'll figure that out just to kind of plug myself a little bit collateral gaming you can also find um wherever you can find collateral cinema which is wherever you get your podcasts apple Podcasts, spotify whatever you're listening to right now you can find collateral gaming there we're both part of the chill lover radio network coming up with collateral gaming we are doing death stranding super excited about that one yep 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 dakota's gonna take the lead there that isn't a a phenomenal game i'm we're having a lot of fun with it i've barely gotten anywhere but dakota's already beat it yeah it's just gonna be an hour-long episode of us just silent we're not gonna say a word (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I haven't played death stranding but um but i hear it's fantastic no it's a lot of fun really it is it's not for everyone but you either love it or you hate it right yeah but we'll get into that um we, we we definitely love it stay tuned for that that should be coming the following week after we release this so um if if we're according to schedule so uh definitely excited about that so stay tuned for the rest of Collateral Cinema Season 3 and Collateral Gaming Season 2. Yeah, and, and before I forget, our next episode before our anniversary episode is going to be the original Gone in 60 Seconds. That's, that's uh, right. That's a movie that Robert picked. So, you know, he's he's a car buff. He picked Bullet last season, and that turned out to be a pretty popular episode. So. It was fantastic. We actually did a commentary on that one. Too, yeah, yeah, we? we did a commentary yeah, on yeah, Bullet. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Gone in 60 Seconds is our, actually our next episode. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, prior to the uh, Collateral Cinema anniversary. So stay tuned for that, guys. We're super excited to be here. Did you have fun, Maddox? Oh, I had a blast. Yeah, thank you guys very much uh, for having me. I hope that I can join you guys again sometime soon. Oh, definitely, for man. Sure. Yes, yeah. sir. Fuck yeah. Alrighty, well, again, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts and on all social media platforms. You know, you can, you can find me, Bo dakota uh we will have uh our own social medias yeah yeah as well so that being said i'm ashley chancellor i'm bo maddox i'm mary maddox i'm dakota chancellor aziz lights Lights. (laughs) see you later everybody collateral cinema out
Collateral Cinema is an L Company production. All music and movie clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.